What on earth is that? It's a Journey into Comics Network production! The following podcast, scheduled for one fall, is for the Journey into Wrestling Podcast Tag Team Championship. Because the Warhorse will fight until he breathes his last breath. I got the whole damn world in my hands. Your arms are just too short to box with God. You just made the list! But the man is back. Daddy's home. Ricky ain't about just taking titles. I'm about taking this up to another level that you've never seen before. I'm a wildfire burning across the countryside. I am Napalm Death. Welcome to Villain Enterprises! Welcome back to another episode of Journey Into Wrestling. This is Season 5, Episode 7. I am your host, Nate. And if you're watching this right now... Oh yes, you heard that right. You might be watching this right now. I hope you're enjoying our faces. Today joining me, welcome back to the podcast. Yet again, the WrestleManiac master himself. The king of all that is wrestling. The one and only Buckles. How is it going, my good friend? You know, I was kind of hoping you were going to throw a King of the World, like a Psycho Sid reference in it, because I really wanted to do that. We're live, pal. Hey, I wanted to throw it that. We're live, pal. That was going to queue it up. That works. I'll take it. Now I'm doing all right. Um, I am uh, about to go balls deep on some Thanksgiving tomorrow. Um, I am ready to roll. I'm actually kind of uh, psyching myself up. I'm doing Thanksgiving myself this year. And cooking all the shit, including the turkey myself. Oh yeah, first time thing. We're gonna air fry this bitch, so we're we're gonna we're going places. But I'm probably gonna be cooking way more food than I can stand for one person. So we'll figure it out. If the turkey gets messed up, you can just look at it and look down and just be like, "Hey, we're live, pal. (laughs) (laughs) Keep going. You can know you can't really." I'm making a shitload of side dishes, so that's all. That's if the turkey gets fucked up, I got the rest of it. That's a, that's actually a very clever. Um, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but uh, I don't know, like it's a really, lining. yeah. Well, it's a smart way to play the game. You're you're preparing by knowing that you're gonna have awesome sides that'll work out, and if your turkey doesn't right. work out, you're just gonna get stuffed on delicious stuffing and other kinds of delicious goodness. Now, we're not doing the stuffing. I'm not a big stuffing guy, but we're doing some corn casserole. We're doing some uh, my grandmother's recipe of cheese potatoes that I'm not gonna fuck up this time. Doing some green beans and some leftover ham. Ooh, rock and there roll. We go. That sounds delicious, Made actually. A, we're we're going to try some shit tomorrow. And uh, this, uh, I'm a little, I, got, I think I was joking with you about this off air before. Uh, I had planned on getting uh, boneless turkey breasts because I see them all the time where I work at. Uh, we're handing out food. I see the little, like the boneless five pound whatever turkey breast. I'm thinking, shit, that should be pretty easy to make, easy to cut. You know, get a wild hero at the grocery store. Finally, hey, fuck it, I'm going to try it. 
walk home or get home and realize, oh, this is bone in. Now the level of difficulty is going up slightly. And oh, yeah. a little bit intimidated by it, but not we're still gonna roll with it. You got it, man. It's not that hard, I tell <laughs> you. Uh it's really interesting to really quickly side tangent before we get down into the wrestling stuff. I've been I said this on JIC, but I've been doing Instacart a lot lately. And I'm really enjoying that service, really enjoying helping people and, and having the opportunity. And really, I can tell that I'm helping people. You don't know how, like, how many people I get positive comments from who are like, you know, thank you so much for what you're doing because they're elderly. I, do, I you know, mainly deliver to elderly people. Right, but, right. but here's the, the, the whole reason I'm even bringing any of this up. The amount of people that in the past three days I've seen at the store and the amount of orders I've taken in the past three days to go to the store – is oh, ludicrous shit. because oh, I don't know if you're aware of this, but people were supposed to cancel Thanksgiving and most of these orders I'm getting, people haven't canceled anything. And, you know, I don't want to sound like dark gloom and doom here, but uh, I really do feel like we might be, uh, exp- we're, we're right now we're live on Black Wednesday. Um, literally Black Wednesday right now as we're, yeah. as we're, as we're recording this, but um you know, I fear we might have a black Christmas this year where there's a really high spike in numbers of, of deaths due to what's going I on was, just uh, because of I was, the yeah. lack of, of the lack of caring, it seems, you know. I actually had a com- very similar conversation at work today about it. Um, again, for those of you guys who don't know, I work for the food bank here in Lafayette. And we, you know, I'm running uh, food out to people all the time. And uh, we've been seeing a to say it lightly, a massive spike in attendance in the last like probably eight days, nine days. Um, some of the biggest that I've seen in the last five years, attendance-wise, in the last five days. And I talked to a buddy of mine about it, and I said, you know, everybody's okay with it now, and everybody's you know thinking, well, you know, we'll, we'll just work with it as we can, we'll just power through it. I'm thinking, come back to me in two weeks. Come back to me in a couple of weeks when we're through the roof because realistically that their, three week mark, yeah. you know, well, just because nobody can keep it in their collective pants for a week, basically. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's a situation again, where all we have to do is be smart, man, take a deep breath, take a step back and everything will work itself out. And everyone's so gung ho. And, and I get it. Everyone's tired of hearing about it. They're tired of dealing with it and all this blah, 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 blah. But until a real solution arises, this is the reality that we find ourselves in. And luckily, I'm we've... pretty sure the virus doesn't care if we're tired of it. <laughs> Correct. It doesn't really give a damn. And, you know, I, and I hate to say this, but like, I don't hate to say this. I'm, I'm grateful that I get to say this, that we have professional wrestling to guide us through these dark times. And I get to watch all these amazing professional athletes do crazy stunts and things of that nature. Watch them go on interview shows. This is one of the craziest weeks in interview shows for me. I got to see not one, but two of my favorite wrestlers on not one, but two of my favorite different shows. The Undertaker appeared on Hot Ones. I heard about that, yeah. And it was amazing. And then Ricky Starks was on Chris Van Vliet, the CVV show. Oh, cool. So that yeah, was a really was great nice. interview, especially, I mean, you know, I've been championing uh, Ricky since uh, the first Power. Honestly, when I watched Power number one, he was my outbreak star. Like, that kid is special, and I've kind of hitched Ricky, the giddy uh, Ricky had a nice little promo on Dynamite tonight. Oh, sweet. Uh, he's got that feud with Darby going. You know, I was actually, funnily enough, I was sitting at the grocery store, and I'm standing there deadpanned. Mask on like Bane. And, uh... 
I, I just got this wild thought, like, what if the whole reason they actually took the belt off Cody is to make Darby the transitional champion to Ricky becoming a champ? Because you couldn't it's put... Possible, yeah. You don't want to put Ricky over as this guy that beat your your dude Cody. It's cool that it's Darby because they have history and it's like a close, you know, thing. But with... Darby and Ricky having history now. If Ricky wins, it's going to bump his stock even higher. It's very similar to when he won when he won the NWA television title. You right. Know? Um, there was a, I, I know. Did you say you said you didn't get to watch the uh, actual episode of Dynamite tonight? But uh, there was some nice developments with that. I uh, a couple likes and dislikes. Just real quick off the bat, quick reaction to it. I like Taz getting physical. That was kind of fun to see. Ooh. Uh, Taz actually choked out Cody. Yeah, love it. Um, they had a whole uh, angle after. Well, the that was the that was the like the dislike is that they're calling uh, Will Hobbs the powerhouse Hobbs, which just seems like trying way too hard. Oh man, you don't really call uh... the big. It's like calling the big strong guy big strong guy, or you know calling the really big beefy guy brawn. Oops. Um, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it, it was a little, it's kind of off-putting because there was no explanation for it. They're just calling him Powerhouse Hobbs. The guy that does the naming for AEW was sick that day. He missed out <laughs> and uh, they had to the look same. to Tony Khan and Tony Khan was like, fuck it, just call him Powerhouse. Like, that's the best decision I had. He just looks at him and says, hey, aren't you the same guy who named that dude from the X Factor? Strong guy? I like it. Good. <laughs> it's perfect. Um, Let's go on. <laughs> So the you know a little bit of like and dislike, but uh, they after uh, Hobbs had a match, uh, Taz came out and talked about how Cody no one respects the FTW title and he wants to see some respect put on him. He wasn't going to leave until they cut his mic off twice. He wanted somebody from management to come down. Cody finally shows up and like kind of is really disingenuous to him and uh, uh, mentions the fact that uh, Taz's son is training to be a wrestler. Under Cody, <laughs> not Taz. Interesting. And Taz, like you know, I can't believe you did that. You know, like he gets real quiet. Like I can't believe you actually said that. That was really stupid. That was really stupid of you. And then turns around and puts the uh, Taz mission on him. Oh, I love that. So actually, the, throws in the Kata Hajime. Yeah. Um, but then a little later on, uh, there was a uh, promo from. Uh, Team Taz minus Taz, who had gone home with his son, who I don't, I didn't quite catch his name, but it sounded like his name, his son's name is Punk, maybe. It was weird. I couldn't quite catch it. Um, but uh, they had uh, Cage and Hobbs and Ricky cutting the promo, and it's pretty much Ricky front and center because Cage ain't cutting promos, and I don't think Hobbs has said a word yet. So, you got Ricky front and center and he is running your promos. He is the, once Taz is stepping back, there's your forefront right there. Oh yeah. He's kind of a, as it were, it seemed a little bit, uh, the old school Dean Ambrose, uh, leading the shield for the early part of it. If you remember. Oh yeah. When he was the U S champion at at the head of the table, as it were still doing the uh, headlock driver and, uh, holding the U S title hostage for months on end. (laughs) Uh, that was fun tonight. Otherwise, though, uh, Sheeta and Anna Jay had a fun match. Um, we had 
Top Flight and TH2 had a nice match. Uh, nice to see Top Flight officially signed to AEW now, which is cool. Yeah, um, I saw that. That's awesome. And uh, a nice, a really nice promo for uh, Moxley uh, and uh, Moxley and uh, Omega. You know, he made some kind of, you know, you if you're going to hire somebody to take me out, you might want to hire out better because I'm still breathing. Made a couple really nice comments. He, he threw out a, uh, you come at the king, you best not miss line. And even did the finger guns, the Omega finger guns, steady your hand, aim and fire because it's the only shot you're getting. It was, I, I it struck me at the time, uh, Moxley and, um, really Moxley and uh, uh, Eddie Kingston, probably the both the two best promos in AEW for a reason. Yeah. But they both have an ability to do something with their promos that no one in WWE does short of Paul Heyman. You know, everybody that cuts promos, especially because they're scripted as hell in WWE, you know, they're all character based. It's all this, it's all just building a character, maybe talking about a feud a little bit, throwing out a catchphrase or two. Moxley, Kingston, Heyman, all three of them will do promos specifically to get you to watch a event. Like they will name drop pay-per-views. They will mention a date, you know, coming up. It's, it's something that Moxley's done since his indie days where he would talk more about, you know, everybody wants to see you and me fight. Nobody wants to see me fight. Well, we're going to watch us fight at this date at this time. Come, you know, we're selling tickets to this show. That's, uh, that's a lost uh, art. So funny that you mentioned that because obviously I've never been to promo school. The most promo school I've ever had is just the years and years of watching professional wrestling. And, <laughs> you know, you, you hear, you absorb somebody right. saying something and then you're in the hallway at school and you're like, I want to call that guy a fucking jabroni, but I don't have the courage to use that word. Cause I'm not really sure what it means, you know, or whatever. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I think that it takes me back to WrestleMania. Do you remember WrestleMania, oh, yeah. Buckles? Okay, and, I, I I, and I, I'm not going to turn the I'm not going to turn the computer right, but I still have the two signs from the show on the wall behind the computer right now. I, I knew I knew you did. I, I saw them. <laughs> I, I'm aware, but uh, that that was total setup there for you, hoping that some people would fall into that trap. Anyways, when I was cutting <laughs> promos for the WrestleMania thing. And, and like I said, not, not again, not having any idea how to cut promos. One thing I made sure to always do is mention where it was, what was going on, and then find a way to mention all the bands. So it was like a way to plug and promo the event. So I, I love that you're bringing that up because it's a very smart way to work by driving people to the event, by constantly reminding them this is where things are going to go down. So essentially Moxley in this, and I haven't heard it yet, at some point probably said something about how winter is coming, December 2nd, you know, yep. Daly's place, you and me, we're going to meet up for the first time since, what was that, full gear last year. Yep. Um, here we go, you know, big battle. And, uh, you know, I, I think we kind of know what's probably going to take place. I'm really excited. Well, um, it, it, the, the promo thing, the last thing I'll say on it is that I've actually heard Heyman specifically talk about that style of promo and how he was trained to promote that way. He's like, my goal is not to promote a character. My goal is not to promote, you know, a match. It's to promote the event and bring people to the event where they're going to see all this stuff. So I'm wondering how much of that may have rubbed off on guys like Moxley 
Uh, I don't know if Kingston has had much interaction with Heyman, but, you know, they've been around long enough. It wouldn't surprise me. Oh, totally. Um, and, and you think about, like, um, what was I going to say here? I kind of, Anyway, it just go on. It, 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 that, one, that one pervaded me. Um, to speak a little bit about the, uh, the Omega-Moxley interaction, there was also a little bit of a, uh, not quite a stipulation, but a bit of a, a little bit of a different change for the match itself. Okay. Uh, you mentioned the match at uh, Full Gear um, from last year, which was the last time that Omega and Moxley were in the ring together. And if you remember, it was the Lights Out match that was just hardcore as shit. There was and, the barbed uh, wire spot that was insane. The barbed wire spider. There was the uh, the table of mouse traps, all the like, going through the little spotlight, everything. Oh, yeah. Exposed boards. Well, Omega, before Moxley showed up tonight, Omega made the comment uh, during an interview that uh, – why don't we make a gentleman's agreement or a gentleman's wager? I think it was called one of the two gentleman's agreement that uh, we know that Moxley can beat me. If there's weapons and tables and all this crap involved, we don't know if he can beat me just in a wrestling match. So Moxley, why don't you like, if you beat me, you beat me, choke me out, you know, put me out of my misery, choke me out entirely, but do it without the garbage wrestler. He actually, you know, specifically said, "Do it without the garbage wrestling." Ooh. So, we may see a actually uh, a mirror image of the full gear match, in that that was the hardcore shit down Moxley's road. This is going to be down Kenny's wheelhouse, a clean match. So and then that begs to question this. Let me ask you this question: You and I have discussed what we think is going to happen. Kenny's going to walk away with the title. But that I think that that leaves a very interesting spot though if Hangman ends up taking the title off of him because then Kenny and uh, Mox have a one to one record unsettled. Not, to be honest with you, after tonight, I'm not convinced that they're going to go to Hangman right away. Okay, I think they're going to let that brew a little bit more. Uh, they furthered the uh, or essentially. Hangman got a formal invite to join the Dark Order tonight. The opening match of the show was uh, Hangman and John Silver, which, you know, near and dear to my heart, Silver oh, yeah. puts on a good match. Oh, yeah. I love to see him get a, a nice primetime spot. But uh, Hangman goes over and is approached in the ring by pretty much all the Order, including uh, Evil Uno, who's the one on the mic out of the group. And mentions that, you know, I know what you've been going through. I know what you're dealing with. If you need someone to talk to, we're here for you. You know where to find us. It's good to have friends. Which, you know, clearly, Hangman really doesn't. So, oh, I think it's it's, it's, it's it's a formal invitation and everything but name only. And they may go down that road with... There's really... Dark Order's not feeding with anybody right now. Since true. the... Uh, since um, the Cody... The North America, the TNT title feuds kind of out of the out on the wayside now, so maybe that's the storyline for the time being that frees up uh, Moxley and Omega to have their match at Winners Coming, and then maybe the follow up match, the rubber match, as it were, is at Revolution. So maybe you don't see the Hangman story get really introduced until, say, Double or Nothing. Ooh, what if at Revolution? Revolution could be a situation where Kenny wins the third fall, the third bout between right. he and John, and John. But maybe he wins because of Hangman. 
Like, you know, maybe Hangman walks to the ring and you're not expecting it because it's kind of cooled off for a while. The feud has died down. The heat is off it a little bit. So then when he walks out, it's like a holy shit what's coming moment. Right. But it's just enough to throw more John off than anything. Right. And then. I, uh, yeah. Yeah. Could work. Could definitely work. Um, I don't, I think that the angle with the Dark Order and Hangman is more adversarial like it's going to be hangman versus the dark order rather than hangman joining simply because i don't think they want to turn hangman heel sure sure um and again if he if he does turn heel and joins them then he's got no one to feud with so um so i think that's the angle we're getting at or the story we're getting to um and i think that is to give us a chance to have the moxley omega feud be more than just a one-off uh, it seemed a little odd to me. Like it seemed appropriate and odd at the same time that they were doing the uh, title match at Winter is Coming right away, like less than a month after Full Gear. Which, on the one hand, it feels really quick. On the other hand, it makes sense to do something prior to or earlier than Revolution in I guess it would be February. Yeah, you so don't want to wait it out forever. Right. So. It makes sense, but I think it's a way that they can stretch it out and give it more than just that one-off match again, which is good. Um, I'm trying to think what else got advanced on the show. Uh, we have uh, – they announced another match for um, the Winners Coming show. They're going to have uh, a battle royal for the Dynamite Diamond Ring. Wow. And is, is, is MJF in it? Is it his Dynamite yes, Diamond Ring? He is. He is actually hangman's in it too. There's a lot of people in it. Oh, um, really? It's I think it's just to to get people into the ring. I think they're finally going to turn the page on the diamond ring because they never really did anything with it. It's the one year anniversary of that match. Yeah, I think I was no. there for the crowning no. of that. No. Right? Yes. No, it was that was the one I was at. That's the one I was at. Was the was the actual? That's right. Yeah, I was at the uh, I was at the the match in in October, or no, it was December, uh, that the final between Hangman and MJF. The next week's show that you were at was the like presentation of the ring. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, DDP came out and presented yep, the ring, and that was pretty cool. Um, so they have they announced that they also had a, a match tonight between SCU, uh, so Kazarian and Daniels versus. Um, Jericho and Hager, which oddly enough is the first time that uh, Jericho and Daniels have been in the same ring together, which is kind of cool. But uh, ended up with Dark Order interfering uh, and Kazarian taking a shot at MJF after the match. So now we're getting Jericho versus Kazarian uh, next week. Um, nice. I'm trying to think if there's anything else specifically. I believe we're getting. Um, one of the big matches is uh, Cody and Darby versus uh, Team Taz, which will be uh, Ricky and Hobbs, I think, this time. Um, and I have to imagine Taz is probably going to be involved in that somehow again. Um, the other big angle for the, the angle to close the night out, and I think we're getting a, a kind of a six-way out of it now, you had um, Pac and Phoenix versus um, – Versus Butcher and the Blade, which ended in interference and everything. Um, and then the match ends with uh, Kingston coming out and interfering in the match, costing the match, and then DDTing Pac into a chair twice. 
Damn. And then we get a run out. We get a run in from Lance Archer of all people, taking out Butcher and Blade and Kingston, who apparently he's got beef with. He's had beef. They they mentioned that he's had beef with well, Kingston he, since the anniversary show. The because the battle royal to determine the number one contender and Eddie never got taken out. No, that's true. And then, that's true. And then Archer, Archer still won. won. And then Archer got the COVID and had to relinquish his shot and. Yeah, here we are. So they're just carrying that beef over. I think it's weird though because you have the murder hawk monster. Yeah, yeah. He's like, why is he a good guy all of a sudden now? Are we supposed to really cheer well, for him? I, I don't. I think probably cheer for yes, but not in the face sense because I mean he is pairing up with Phoenix and Penta, who are not necessarily faces either. Yeah, there really isn't any faces in that ring at the moment between Hawk. Death Triangle and the uh, the Butcher and the Blade and Kingston. Yeah, what's that team going to be called? Uh, Death Triangle was the was the no 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 Butcher and Blade and Kingston. Uh, they've been called just like the family or something. The like family, that. all like, right. Yeah, something along those lines. This really weird like pseudo faction they kind of dropped already. It's weird um, to think that we're at the one year anniversary of Butcher and Blade debuting, which I was there for. Right. Right. And they, to their credit, they've been, they've been better established now since they were. Like, they, they came into a resounding thud. Now at least they've gotten a little bit of that shine back. They, they picked up, yeah, they picked up the ball and ran with it, and they've utilized their op- opportunities and their spots. And getting involved with the Kingston angle was huge because they got to be attached to a mouthpiece that could really elevate them, and they could work really well. I mean, I really do enjoy right. their work rate, so um, – yeah, I, I like the Butcher and Blade, and, and to say retrospectively like a year later, again, Dynamite. We both got to go to Dynamite around this time, so it's really cool to kind right. of reflect um, now that we're in a world where we couldn't go to see a Dynamite this year, unfortunately. So um, I got to take a picture with Nick Jackson, and I probably couldn't get in the same building at Nick Jackson right now. Yeah, you'd have to take 50 tests, and at that point they'd just be like, hey, the show's already over, bro. No kidding. <laughs> um yeah, that was dynamite for tonight, and it's really everything setting up for the winners coming next week, which should be awesome. Uh, looks like it's about to be the most packed dynamite they've made yet, which is pretty cool in its own right. Uh, over on NXT, uh, they've announced the War Games pay per view, which is in December. Uh, they're kind of building to that now. I don't know what the final. I haven't seen the final results from tonight. Um, next week's not know, Starcade, is it? Not that I'm. They aware didn't of. decide to pull out Starcade to try to go up against Winter Is Coming, did they? Not to my knowledge. I don't think they've done anything to really counter-program it. Um, the, I'm trying to remember what I've seen from tonight's show. Cat. My cat. My dog is laying on the couch. That's Biscuit. He decided, to, couch. Jo- he decided to join the show. He's eating my elbow right now. Knock it off, bro. Uh, like I said, mine was, uh, for whatever reason, we were setting up for everything tonight. I'm wearing a pair of basketball shorts, and my dog was literally just sitting at the, on my like sitting next to my foot, licking my knee. I'm like, why, why, why are you doing this? Knee licker. I, I don't understand what you're doing here. No, she's on the couch and was she's gone from pouting to sleeping now. So, fell asleep while pouting. Aww. Um, but you now they're uh, they're building up to the War Games match. I haven't seen the final results from tonight. I do know they turned Tony Storm heel tonight officially. They've got her nice. on the women's, uh, the heel side of the women's war games match. Uh, after she attacked, I believe it was Ember Moon. Um, 
there was supposed to be, and I haven't even, I haven't seen what the result was, but uh, Pete Dunn was supposed to fight a member of the Undisputed Era for the War Games Advantage uh, in a ladder match, I do believe, uh, which I'm going to have to go back and watch because I, if, it's, if it's Pete Dunn and O'Reilly, I'm here for it. Yeah. Um, trying to think if there's anything else major that I would hurt tonight. I know uh, Thatcher and Kushida had a match that Tommaso Ciampa affected in some way. That's So you're probably getting Thatcher and Ciampa at War Games, which I'm here for. Um, we have Leon Ruff, the uh, the new uh, toothpick of a man that is currently the North American champion at NXT, uh, will be fighting a triple threat match against both uh, Johnny Gargano and Damian Priest. Now, I, I say toothpick of a man match. because that's I say toothpick of a man because Leon Ruff is a very slender individual, uh, very slight to the build, but. The guy was uh, trained by A.R. Fox. Don't sleep on him. He can do some shit. Um, trying to think. Io Shirai is involved with the Women's War Games match, I do believe, I think. Um, after last week's match with Rhea Ripley, which was very, very good. Um, Ripley hasn't really announced her direction yet. I think she's kind of probably bound for a Raw or SmackDown soon. Um, trying to think. Balor, I don't think, has a title match at War Games. I don't think they're going to go that angle. I think they're going to let him sit out, uh, which we talked about on the last show, actually. Um, I think that about wraps it up. Is the men's tag team titles are going to be involved in the men's War Games match, which will be Undisputed Era versus uh, Pat McAfee and company. Oh, nice. I'm, I'm, here to, I'm here to watch McAfee in a War Games match, absolutely. Um even though we don't really know where it's going to be held at because the uh, Capitol Wrestling Center isn't really big enough for the War Games setup. They'll probably hold so, it in Thunderdome, right? Yeah, except Thunderdome's moving to the baseball stadium here in a couple weeks, too. Pre-tape, maybe? Maybe. Uh, they might be in like an undisclosed location kind of thing. I have no idea. They may they may do it in the, the arena now with Thunderdome before they move it, too. That's a possibility. They're doing it in Concord at the WWE headquarters. <laughs> it's doing it on the roof again. It's We're doing a, it on the roof again. Oh, my God. Could you imagine that match on a More roof? games on the roof. You know, it's even more dangerous because it's the war game. It's the mutant war games that doesn't have a roof on the cage. <laughs> yeah. Um. That's really all for NXT. There's a uh, supposedly another signing class coming in soon, but they I, I haven't heard much more than rumors on that. They did they already signed. I mean, this class with Leon Ruff. Um, I guess Kurt Stallion's already getting a cruiserweight title shot here soon, so they're really hustling those guys in. I'm wow. kind of surprised that uh, we haven't seen an appearance from. Uh, um, oh. Uh, Josh, uh, I can't think of his name. Also, Josh, uh, not Josh Alexander. Josh Alexander's on Impact. Um, God damn it! I can think they call him the Bitch Destroyer. He doesn't like you. Why the fuck can I think of his last name? Uh, Josh Briggs. Josh Briggs. Um, you know, eventually I'll get there. But. Did it? Uh, wasn't then, Briggs one of the guys that got swept up in this uh, speaking out movement? Not that I'm aware of. Okay. Um, he okay. might might have had a name mentioned, but I don't think he was actually accused of anything. And I may be very much mistaken. 
but I mean, they've still got Matt Riddle hanging out. They're, uh, they were teasing, uh, or they brought back um, Jordan Devlin on NXT UK, so it's not like they give a shit about the speaking out stuff much anymore. The heat is um, off, that's why. Well, the heat's off, and really, WWE's made a Teflon. They don't give a shit about bad press anymore. Yep. They'd give a shit about bad press, they wouldn't have fired Zelina Vega. They gave a shit about bad press, they wouldn't support the president. If they didn't care about bad press, they wouldn't have settled out of court for the uh, over the Saudi Arabia thing. Oh, sick burn. $35 million. Fuck. Um, Yeah, there's supposedly a new uh, signing class uh, set to debut or set to be announced, uh, which to me rumored names alex zane's rumored for it which i'm not really thrilled about because i'm an alex zane fan and i don't think he'll do well in wwe that's not a dig on him at all i think it's a dig on wwe you just said the name alex your name is alex and you just speak to my brain to think of something do you know who alex warhammer is alex warhammer alex hammerstone maybe it's hammerstone that's what it is hammerstone hammerstone's the big beefy motherfucker from uh, mlw yeah um, big beefy blonde dude that uh, is one of their title holders. I believe he's got the open weight title. He's held it for a while, and he's not only is he holding that now, he is uh, angling for a title shot against Jacob Fatu in MLW's new reboot. Ooh, MLW, boys on top of your shit here. The reboot. You boys on top of that shit that just happened last week. I'm on top of the shit. Um, no, no, I know Hammerstone. Uh, loving the fact that he actually appropriated one of Matt Morgan's old finishers, the uh, the old elevator. Um, actually, Hammerstone's somebody I would not be at all surprised to see in WWE someday because he's built for them. Um, now, Alex Zane, I've mentioned before on the show a couple of times, he's been, you know, I, he was probably my next someone to watch, and I'm spilling the beans on him now. Um but he is very much a uh, high flyer ricochet type. And to me, if ricochet can't get used well by WWE, that doesn't bode well for other people of his style. That makes sense. Totally. You're having cat issues over here. He's attacking me. <laughs> our first video, our first video version of this show. And the cat is going ape shit. He just wants to play. Shamrock Cat has snapped. Oh, yes. <laughs> so mine, I would turn the camera around. Mine is completely passed out on the couch right now. She is the opposite. Um, yeah, uh, Zane, I think, is somebody that probably won't. It's going to flounder. He'll do well in NXT, but he'll kind of flounder in WWE if he gets up there because they don't, they don't use high flyers. No, they misutilize high flyers because they think they're only good for doing cruiserweight style matches, and that's just right. their mindset because they're stuck in their old ways from the eighties. Well, I mean, again, if you can't, if you cannot find a viable use for Ricochet of all people on your show, then there's not going to be anybody that's going to be anywhere like him. Like he's the top end of that style, in my mind. I absolutely Alexander agree. Is very good. Alexander is phenomenal, but he is still of that style, and Ricochet is the pinnacle of that. And Ricochet is in catering because, well, partially because Ricochet can't cut a promo to save his life. Doesn't help. He has the but, Bobby Lashley syndrome. 
Yeah, so you'd think where, they'd put him with the uh, Hurt Business, but no, we got to have Shelton Benjamin for some reason. Well, well, what I mean by that is Bobby Lashley was one of these dudes that, you know, when you heard him cut a promo, he uh, he had this really high voice, and it didn't really – he almost oh, yeah. had the no, Mike Tyson thing. It didn't match his yeah. person. So when Ricochet talks and you're like – you want him to almost be brooding, and he's very soft-spoken and very nice and calm, mm-hmm. and you're just like, bro, bring some thunder. God damn. Be angry. Have some, a fire in your either ass. Be, either, be, either be, you know, fiery or be more, I guess, uh, just smooth. Be the rock. Yeah, you know, give, give us some rock level. I'm, obviously, no one's got rock level charisma, but be a style like that. Be an arrogant, you know, Eli Drake style heel. Yeah, you know, somebody who just now obviously he doesn't have the gift of gab that Eli Drake does clearly, but you there's things you can do. But they never bothered to give him a character other than oh yeah he can flip a lot. They never bothered to give him a character in NXT, and because of that, yeah. They're relying on him to talk, and he can't do that. Do you think he's one of the guys that they're going to hold on to and try to keep signing, and he's going to eventually ask to be released, or is he going to get let go? I I actually see him more of a Dolph Ziggler type at this point because he's happy getting the paycheck. Every everything that he's commented, he's been he's perfectly happy with where he's at. Hmm. I think that's just a. A big giant misstep for him. He's yeah. he, you know, he can I mean, be so better utilized in other companies, even if it I mean, wasn't. He's happy. Yeah, but happy's I mean, happy. sometimes the dollar signs are more than the utilization. I guess that's like Shinsuke being happy to surfboard. It is, but a lot of them. I'm I'm honestly wondering if a lot of the journeymen, a lot of the long time <clears throat> indie guys who all, you know, dreamed of going to WWE. That was their dream growing up. Now that they're there, they've been, they've already done everything else. You know, Ricky's yeah. already done New Japan. He's already done Lucha Underground. He's already done, you know, AEW style stuff. Maybe not AEW specifically, but he's done, you know, all the indies and Battle of Los Angeles and all that, that is heavily influenced on AEW. That he's already done that. He's already been a top guy to promotion with Lucha Underground. Absolutely. 100%. Without ever cutting a promo. Well, without cutting a promo for three of the four years he was there. I also, did so, I forget to say this at the beginning of the episode that I sound like shit because I forgot a cable? Did I mention that to our audience? Because I don't think I did. You didn't You didn't mention it, but as far as I can tell, you sound just fine. Oh, well, thank you. I do appreciate the sentiment. Just not as good as quality through the sure that's sitting over there looking like a sad pan. I almost forgot the sure microphone, and I was like, I didn't forget you. But I forgot the cable that makes everything run, so that was a smooth move on my part. I mean, you you, you sound better than I have the last couple of weeks. So. Yeah, <laughs> or you're just recording my crazy yeah, boy. There is that, or no? Now we're just gonna sound me through the through the cell phone. Ugh. Technology does not like me. Nah, dog. It's but. just it's just being like that. I love that you're wearing your love that Danhausen shirt. Oh yeah. Very nice, very evil. Very nice, very evil. Uh, he's actually got a uh, a couple uh, ugly Christmas sweaters. I kind of want. There's Ooh. actually a, there's a there's an Orange Cassidy ugly Christmas sweater up on Pro Wrestling Tees that I really want. This oh, is merry or Happy Holidays or whatever. <laughs> but there's a couple good ones there too. Um, 
trying to think what we haven't covered yet. I really haven't covered much of actual main roster WWE. I mean, we um, did, we had Survivor Series. I didn't see a lot of it. I watched a little bit of it, and then I really like, tuned out to Survivor. the weirdest thing ever with them. Yeah. I will Survivor say, Series, go ahead. Yeah. Survivor Series is one of those weird things where they didn't have anything really, like the booking leading up to it was pretty boring as shit, and there was no stakes or anything. And then they come through with matches that are actually decent. Like the uh, McIntyre Reigns match was fucking great. The New Day Street Profits match was fucking great. The uh, women's title match was great. Oscar and, and uh, Sasha Banks was great. There were also two Survivor Series matches that were there. Um, <laughs> they were both terrible. I'm sorry. I can't. Oh my gosh. I can't do it, I'm man. so glad you said it. Lana being um, the winner, the finding the final soul survivor okay. of Team Raw was the dumbest thing. Okay, so leading up to, and we've talked about it here before, leading up to Survivor Series, they had the storyline of Lana being put through the table by Nia Jax nine weeks running. And the rumor that we're hearing is that Vince and WWE officials and the creative wants us to see her as a babyface, as plucky, never say die, you know, keep coming back after being bullied babyface. And the story that they're telling works for that. However, Lana can't wrestle. The crowd knows that she can't wrestle. Also, the fact that Lana was a heel right beforehand and never really had any turn. She's just was a heel and now she's a face. And the fact that this, you know, every week event was getting hyped up was not because of wanting to cheer for Lana. It's because it was a meme. It was a trend. It was a trope. And it was funnier to watch her go through. People were cheering cheering to see her go through the table. That's not what you want a baby face to have. No, you don't want to cheer for your baby face to be injured. No, no. Don't injure your baby Um, face. So there's your there's your episode title. Don't injure your baby face. Um, so we get to Survivor Series, and the writing's kind of on the wall that yeah, she's going to end up the sole survivor. That's that's the bit. That's the joke. That's the end game. No matter who else is in the match, Lana's going to end up sole survivor. What I don't think anybody expected was for her to be sole survivor without doing a damn thing while standing on the steps for like 95% of the match. Unbelievable. Now, there were a couple other things to note. Hey, Bianca Belair got to show out a little bit. Sure, sure. Uh, she did. They had uh, Peyton Royce pin Bailey clean. That's a that's a step. Yeah, that's pushing in the um, right direction for her. Still I mean, it's something. mad about the Iconics um, being broken up, just going to say it. I don't care. <laughs> I'm, I'm mad. I'm, I'm bummed to see a tag team get broke up, but I didn't care for the Iconics when they were together, so I'm sorry. Uh, I, I'm I know, not going to lie. I, I popped minority. about them. I popped about them for sure. I was I was excited to see them win the titles at Mania just because it was a good story for them, but I never liked them in NXT, and I didn't like them when they got called up. I thought they got called up way too early, but uh, I, I don't think Billy Kay can wrestle much better than Lana can, for one. Um 
so the women's match was kind of a weird dud just because Lana is a sole survivor and celebrates like a delusional heel after the match. And yet we're supposed to cheer for her. I, it is just really weird on it. Failed in what it was trying. It did what it wanted to do, but failed in doing so. And then you have the, uh, the men's uh, Survivor Series match, which was, I want to say more competitive, but it wasn't because it was just still, it was still a clean sweep. And um, really didn't do anything for anybody. Like Keith Lee got the uh, the last pin, I guess. Uh, Rollins stepped in and immediately begged Sheamus to throw kick him in the face. That's literally when I stopped watching. After that, I was like, "This is the dumbest stuff I've ever seen." Well, like on the one hand, <clears throat> on the one hand, you know. It makes no kayfabe sense whatsoever. It makes no sense. Real life sense, it makes all the sense in the world. Seth's going to be a daddy. Yeah, he's taking time off for, for paternity. So, yeah, he's taking some time away. But to write him off with that makes absolutely... It may, if there was a way for it to make less than no sense, it would make less than no sense. And, again... Then you look at Team SmackDown, which was, well, Corbin isn't hurt by a loss because he's colder than shit anyway. Um, it's Corbin Rollins. Who else is even on Team SmackDown? I can't remember. Um, Jey Uso. Who was the fifth? Clearly, it made no impression on me. Um, it was Kevin Owens. This was Kevin Owens, which is sad because Kevin Owens usually makes an impression. Kevin Owens was a guest commentary on NXT tonight, oddly enough. Uh, Wade nice. Barrett had to sit out. Yeah, Barrett had to sit out, so they brought KO back. You get the sense that KO really wants to go back to NXT. Uh, speaking of going back to NXT, guess who asked to and got denied? Who? Aleister Black, who is currently sitting in catering because, as even Meltzer and Alvarez have both said, They've got nothing for him whatsoever. They've completely flown the coop on him. And he probably has another year or two years left on his contract. They're going to kill him dead. That's sad because he's a very talented uh, competitor with a lot of oh, amazing yeah. skills. Oh, yeah. He he will look great in AEW if his contract's up. So, I mean, book that now. Or well, New Japan. He would yeah. be Oh, he would be fantastic in New Japan. Didn't they just fire his wife? Yeah. They fired his wife. They won't use him on screen, and they won't send him back to NXT where he was actually worth something. So, basically, they fired his wife, and they're just going to pay him to sit there because he's not worth making money to them. Man, that's so foolish. Welcome to WWE. No, yeah, I know. I know, land of stupidity. Like, but, you know, I meant to say this. We didn't talk about it, but there was an interesting moment where um, – Vince said something in the Undertaker thing that popped everybody. And I, did you hear this? Uh, yeah, he actually mentioned WWF. He said WWF in it, man. Yeah. I was. Now, they're not going to go back to it, but no. I'm wondering if they might have gotten permission to, maybe. Probably. Like, we're going to say it one time. And... Fly the coop. <laughs> man, it's it's uh it's been a long day, brother. I've been running around like a chicken with my head cut off. I got these stupid yawns. Don't mind my yawns for those of you who are watching. 
truth be told, other than the uh, other than the the title for title match, the the Undertaker leading was probably the biggest thing from Survivor Series, and even then, it wasn't really all that much. And like, why was everybody in a suit and looking nice except for Kane, who came out like Kane? <laughs> I, I I somehow feel like that was a rib. Like some someone just didn't he didn't get the memo. Um, I like the I dug the Tesla coils. That was cool. Yeah, having the Tesla coils out there was neat. I don't know why they bothered to bring everybody out and introduce them all and give them all entrances, only for them to not be in the ring when Taker came out. They just disappeared. They just ghosted. Um, Ridiculous. And, and Taker, you know, finally says it's maybe it's time to let The Undertaker rest in peace. And, you know, there ain't a dry eye in the house. But here's the thing. And I, I kept coming back to this while I was watching it. And, like, yeah, it's the end of an era. And it's the end of, you know, it's the end of The Undertaker. It's a big deal. And I kind of felt bad for him. Like, I felt bad. Like, not in the sense that I felt bad that he was retiring. I felt bad that he didn't have a crowd to retire in front of. Yeah, he deserved I better. I felt bad that when he's, you know, doing his stuff in the ring, they don't even have the faces in the crowd. Like, they don't even have the, the screens going. They're just doing his entrance shtick, which, I mean, looks great. Don't get me wrong. But it's just Undertaker in the ring with maybe a couple camera guys, and that's about it. And it's 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 bittersweet. It really is to me. Like, if there's anybody that deserved to go out in front of a crowd, you know, maybe I know it's the 30th anniversary and I know he's done. I know he's, he's hanging up the boots and everything. I know it's time and whatever, but you know, maybe hold off, maybe wait until you get that crowd back. If you think you're going to get a crowd at any point in time. Do you think that this could set up for maybe, I mean, like I get it. I get it right now. He's saying he's done and like wrap a bow on it. 30 years. In the WWE, like, it's a beautiful thing. But do you think there's, like, a two-year wait or a year wait where we do get crowds and he goes, man, if I'm going to go out, I want to really go out and have, like, a moment and have a moment, you know, Um, a memorable moment? I think think he's admitted to himself that physically he can't do it anymore. Like, he can't – he's not going to have another match. I think he's he's even made the comment that – uh, my body's not going to be any better than it is right now. And my body's not any good right now. Um, he'd always said, you know, never say never. And, you know, maybe if Vince says something to him, he'll do it. But even Vince came back and said that uh, Vince would honor it. Like, that Vince would, would, would honor that retirement, which he never does. But it seems like it's a very final thing as far as him being an in-the-ring uh, competitor. You might, you might see. Uh, I think you may see him come back for like the Austin, the Austin like nostalgia spot here and there. But I think in the ring he's officially done. I think he's even made that to himself. The the thing that kind of makes me wonder that if he's found his his uh, transition or his uh, his way to keep the dream alive, he's mentioned going down to NXT and being a trainer like Shawn Michaels, mm. which. Absolutely. If you get the man down there, do it. You're not going to have anybody better. But if that lets him scratch the itch without having to get back in the ring, without, you know, really putting himself at risk. Right. Or without, and without, you know, with 
without letting the Undertaker rest in peace, then maybe it's a good thing. You know, maybe the maybe we don't need it. Maybe the Undertaker is that character that we don't need to see come back for nostalgia. Maybe it's better if it doesn't. You know, I, I say that selfishly because I want to see him come back. I'm going to pop for that entrance every time. But it makes sense if he never does. Do you think the wrestling industry is brave enough for character reboot? How so? Okay, so I'm going to play a scenario out in, in the world for you, okay? We're going to go 25 years in the future. It's 2045. We are old men. We're still doing the podcast. It's like episode 1036 or some shit. Unfortunately, because of age and time, Taker, you know, passes away. And obviously Vince is super gone at this point. A lot of the things that we know. Vince won't be gone. You know that. He's made of cocaine and steroids. <laughs> He's going to be like 167 <laughs> at this point, dog. He can't do it. Come on. Anyways. So if anybody, if anybody could, he'll be hanging out with Ric Flair still. You're right. You're right. So anyways, they say, okay, we have this heritage of this character, The Undertaker. It hasn't been used in a long time. He retired back in 2020. That's like 25 years. What if we made a really awesome vignette and the power of The Undertaker went to someone else and you have to 1 million percent commit that that person is going to take the role on and be you know, their own iteration. Not to say they're going to become the American badass or not to say they're going to become be the new exa- Undertaker. Exactly. And like the like he they took his essence and now they've become this new embodiment. I can see it if and only if somewhere in that intervening 45 years they go back to embracing kayfabe fully. Okay. And I don't know that that'll ever happen. I don't know with the internet it can happen. I don't know that. Yeah, I don't know that it'll ever happen in the WWE. Now, if say we get that territory thing where characters can go to different orient, can go to different places, maybe you've got another thing like Lucha Underground that starts off and embraces kayfabe from the outset. Maybe. You know, hmm. that's one. I know I've talked about Lucha Underground a lot, but if there's any one place, any one promotion where you can legitimately pull off a reborn Undertaker in somebody else's body would have been Luch Underground. And if you need confirmation on that, go watch it because the last time I saw uh, Luchasaurus prior to him showing up on AEW was when Taya cut his head off with a katana. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! His gosh. head was spinning through the air and was bleeding green blood. <laughs> They went they went hard after kayfabe on Lucha Underground. It was it was it was wonderful. <laughs> Being totally in the illusion of wrestling. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Cage had a uh, giant Thanos gauntlet that was embodied by the spirit of a dead god. Cool. Yeah. They fought tournaments over it. <laughs> I love it. It was the gauntlet of the gods, and it literally was a Thanos gauntlet. <laughs> That's amazing. They should have that. They should have more weird trophies I'm, for wrestling. Dude, I'm telling you. I am telling you. Go back and watch Lucha Underground. I, ent- I, I intend on watching. Oh, it's on Tubi. It's on Netflix. Netflix has got it. Uh, I think Netflix took it off. Really? It was on for a while. I think they got rid of it. But Tubi's got it for free. Okay. Tubi has it for free. Tubi for me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sweet, uh, man. Yeah, I, 
I know I've plugged it before, but dude, if you if you're a wrestling fan and you haven't checked out Lucha Underground, you owe it to yourself to go look at it. If you it's it is what NWA was for nostalgia and is for nostalgia, Lucha Underground was for re-embracing kayfabe. It was kayfabe the whole way through, and it to me the cinematic stuff that WWE has done, a lot of it was done in Lucha Underground as well. Lucha Underground to me is going to go down in history as inspiring a lot more and leaving a better legacy than most people would expect a show that only lasted for four seasons. Well, it was a show about a wrestling promotion more so than it was a wrestling show. I think I'm pretty sure I watched most of season one. I think does uh, Johnny Mundo appear at the end of season one or near the end of season one or something? Johnny Mundo is in the very first episode. Okay, so I might have like only very, watched the very, I feel like yeah, I watched more than first, one episode, yeah. though. Yeah, the very first main event is Prince Puma and Johnny Mundo, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, he's uh, he's in the very first show. Um, it took it takes a little while for it to get off it's, uh, to get off the ground, but uh, I'm telling you, man, there's to date. I will say that the best uh, three stages of Hell match I've ever seen. Was on Lucha Underground, the best I Quit match I've ever seen was on Lucha Underground as well. That is a l- let's go back real quick. Three Stages of Hell is a match that needs to come back in a more prominent form because that's an awesome um, match type, I guess. This was uh, the man who would be uh, uh, Isaiah Scott uh, oh. was performing under the kill shot um, on on Lucha Underground in a. Um, former Marine or former Army gimmick. Like he's a soldier of fortune, like a mercenary type. Um, and uh, gets into a feud with uh, Dante Fox, who also known as AR Fox, um, who is playing a character that was also a uh, former soldier that was left for dead on the battlefield by kill shot. That's the feud. Ooh. The kayfabe already right so the match was called the hell of war match hell of war um if i'm not mistaken was a false count anywhere match um a ladder match and a stretcher match i may be wrong i know the last match was a stretcher match and there are i mean it's violent it is excessively hardcore like they are going through panes of glass shit like that I'm pretty sure that Dante Fox actually loses a chunk out of his back that is left on the stretcher. Like you see a chunk of meat on the stretcher going through a pane of glass. Um, So hell of war match. And then uh, the, one of the best uh, I quit matches I've ever seen was called the no Moss match. So no more uh, between um, uh, what was the name? It was cheerleader Melissa. Uh, as I'm trying to remember the name of her character, um, I do not remember her character's name. Um, Mariposa, the Mariposa, uh, and Sexy Star, who in real life turned out to be a real piece of shit. <laughs> She's the one who uh, who shot on Thunder Rosa, or shot on uh, on. Uh, uh, not on fucking uh, who was it? Rosemary. Oh, I like legitimately injured someone in the ring. I think it was Rosemary. 
uh, legitimately injured her in the ring intentionally, like went into business for herself. So she's kind of been blacklisted from wrestling, but she does MMA now. But prior to all the shit, she was the baby face of all baby faces in the women's division there and had an I quit match that, you know, just as a spoiler alert, had one of the coolest, the reason is one of the cooler uh, I quit matches. Um, Mary Posa gets her and I think like an Indian death lock or something. And it's like, they've been beating on each other the whole match. They've been up through the rafters in the building and everything. And uh, this is a show that's on not basic cable. It's not on Fox, not in USA. This is on L Ray network where they can get away with, you know, get away with some shit because only like 30 people in the country have it. <laughs> um, but they go to, they stick the microphone in sexy star's face to see if she quits or sort of her to say, I quit. And all of a sudden you just hear go, fuck you, fuck you, Mariposa. Instead of saying, you know, no, I don't quit. Amazing. Like, you just hear the, it is awesome. And she's like this tortured scream. So yeah, it's a hell of a match. And I mean, there's great ladder matches. There's great uh, Iron Man matches. Ricochet and uh, uh, Johnny, uh, John Morrison as Johnny Mundo and Prince Puma have a very good uh, uh, Iron Man match, hour-long Iron Man match called All Night Long. Um, their versions of the Royal Rumble, the Aztec Warfare matches, everything, it's great. Lucha Underground is well worth the chance. And is the one show that I say may have a heel authority figure to rival Vince McMahon in his prime. Dario Cueto is a god among men, <laughs> as character-wise. Man, I so, can't wait to check it out, for sure. Got to, man, I'm telling you. Um, yeah, that's really kind of all WWE's done. Obviously, they've only had one show since Survivor Series. That was the Swiss Raw, and not really much of anything happened. No. Um, um, I, has, I barely remember what happened on Raw, so that should tell you enough. Um, and I mean, they'll, they've already got TLC announced. It'll be the December pay-per-view and then we're getting into rumble season. We're already, you know, it's only been however many months I feel like since we talked about the, the mania that wasn't, and we're going to be coming back into mania season here coming up soon. Might have another mania that wasn't depending on how everything shakes out, my friend. Well, hopefully by the time that April rolls around, we actually have, you know, some form of uh distribution for vaccines and things like that hopefully we haven't you know all i can think of is you know 45 years from now when we're doing the show in our old age i won't have to worry about the the virus anymore because i'll be in a robot body <laughs> yeah we're gonna have robot knees <laughs> motherfucker yep we'll be watching robot wrestling oh we'll I love battle boss uh i miss battle boss um but yeah, that's really all I can think of for the main three. Like, um, I know we're getting closer and closer to uh, Wrestle Kingdom. I've been slacking a lot with New Japan just because I didn't get to watch G1. They're running right now, they're running Best of Super Juniors and World Tag League at the same time, which is, I mean, good stuff, but it's hard to get into it if you're not really keeping up with it. Um, it's a lot. They did have. They did have Kotobushi win the uh, briefcase, the G1, and then turn around losing to Jay White. 
So they're going to do a double night Wrestle Kingdom again. Um, and I believe like they're still keeping both titles on Naito doing the uh, doing Kota Ibushi one night uh, versus Naito. And then the winner of that match gets to face Jay White second night. Ooh. So going there, I guess Will Ospreay's turned heel and has his own like mini faction now. So we're going to get an Osprey Okada feud. Wow. Which would be good, at the very least. Hmm. Um, hold on. Hopefully what happened? You can still hear me. Oh, I can hear uh, you. I can hear and see you. Okay. Your video locked up on my end, so I'm just going to keep talking. Oh. Um, Is my yeah, video back? Like no, you're, uh, you get the big freeze, the big chill going here. Great. It looks good on my end. I can see everything. So just keep going and rolling with it. That's all right. That's all right. I'm moving on mine. So we'll just roll with it. Uh, fuck it. We're live, man. Um, hey, we're live, pal. Yep. So like, that's really all that I can think of going on. We just recorded the show last week on Thursday. So a little bit of a late show. So really, we've only had, you know, SmackDown, Survivor Series, Raw, NXT Dynamite since then. So and, and it's leading into a holiday, so a lot of the stuff is pre-tape or, you know, the not main story stuff they're not trying to right. pull. We're going to have Trippy to the Troops showing up again here soon. Not that anybody really cares. So, I mean, I love the idea of it. I just think that the trying to, I mean... WWE is trying WWE is trying so hard to bring all their cash cows out to make as much money as possible and that's where my problem lays. Pretty much the same problem everybody has in WWE right now is that they are literally money everything money 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 at pretty much all times. Oh, did you see uh oddly enough, did you see Xavier Woods uh got himself a new gig? G4 baby, I saw that. G4 so so you got to wonder how much of the uh, how much of his cut WWE is going to try to get in on. Uh, yeah, you work there for G four, but can we get ninety four percent, please? And you'll just yeah. take your six percent pittance. Yeah. Although they haven't really touched anything on up, up, down, down, so I'm wondering if he had may have a uh, may have a special arrangement set up with WWE for that. Who knows? But congrats to, to Woods for that. Apparently, he has been campaigning for that for a long time. Yeah, and I think it makes sense. He's very, very into video games. He's becoming like a new modern voice of video games of this generation. I was just, just going to bring that up. Um, it's kind of interesting that that he may be the next crossover star, but he's not going to Hollywood. Exactly. He's going to be a crossover exactly. star, but it's going to be through YouTube and Twitch and G4 now and through the social media side of it. Which the, G4 could the, lead him to movies. Look at, what was it, Olivia Munn? That's true. Um, that also led to Aaron Rodgers, and we won't you feel bad for nah. it. But, um, with Woods could be the next generation of how people get into the mainstream from WWE. You know, that maybe this time next year you're talking about Miro as one of the biggest Twitch streamers on the planet. Who knows? That would be awesome. I like Miro. He's great. He seems to be having fun. So uh, they had an interaction with uh, the best friends tonight, and he literally like threw a cameraman out of the way while screaming into the camera, get out of my way! <laughs> <laughs> it was, he is so over the top right now that it's very, very funny. But 
hey, over the top works. He's going to be in the battle royal next week. Hey, look at you segueing it in together. I love it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wah, 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 wah. Anyways, um, Buckles, do we have anything else to dive into this week? I know this might be a little bit of a shorty boy, but I, I don't really. No, I think that's about it. I think we've literally covered about everything there is to cover. Short sure. of uh, Impact or short of some other things. I know Impact's had some dealings, but I have not caught up on them. Next week, NWA Shockwave. We did not talk about that. That's right. Mostly because we don't really know what it is or what's going on with it. We or just know who it the hell even wrestles for them anymore. I mean, every champion they've had signed somewhere else now. Oh, well, uh, well, Aldis is still with them. Well, Aldis is the exception, but I and I guess Aaron Stevens is the exception because he was the uh, the second tier champion, uh, not James Storm, who left and went right. to Impact. Impact. Yeah. Slim Pack. No, Serena Deeb. Serena Deeb's with them technically. Thunder Rose is still with them technically. Yeah. Uh, Allison K. Could probably. I don't know. We'll see. Very strange. Um, Very strange. Uh, all Very right. Interesting. Well, hey, folks, I want to first of all thank everybody for checking out this podcast on the video form. Sorry for the really crazy audio issues, me dipping in and out of the podcast, dealing with the cat and stuff. We're not pros here. We're just trying to do our dang dist, and this is what we got. So hope you enjoy Again, it. Should still be better than me calling in on my phone like last time. So we'll, we'll get there. We'll get it's there. It's better than you talking <laughs> like you sound like you maybe slowed your voice down. <laughs> you know, because that's what it kind of sounded like. It was like six whole minutes slower by the end of the episode, <sighs> which is crazy. I mean, I, it, it's, this is all behind the scenes stuff, but just like I was trying to edit last week's episode and. It's it's got the buckles being kind of through his uh, phone on my end because his version did the prime thing where it deeps <laughs> his voice up and makes everything slower and it just sound. If anybody knows the solution to that, can you just send it to us, please, and tell us what please, we're doing please wrong? Please do, because uh, we need to figure that out soon. I know. I realized I'm pretty sure the reason that I couldn't do the podcast today how I wanted is because before I started, I didn't check to see if there was an update for Streamlabs because anytime there's an update for Streamlabs and you don't update it, it keeps you from doing everything the program allows you to do but i digress anyways oh, folks you know i know ahead. something else we didn't touch on i know sure. something we didn't touch on take we it had away a big return big return and a big title win at survivor series that is very important with tomorrow coming up God, the gobbledygooker the gobbledygooker <laughs> he won the, the gobbledygooker title won. The, he won and then uh lost due to bird seed and uh, did you happen to hear who was uh, who was under the uh, under the mask? Actually, I didn't hear who was it. Supposedly it was Drew Gulak. Oh, that's fun. That's funny. So uh, Drew Drew Gobbledygook. <laughs> <laughs> Drew Gobbledygook. I love that. That's awesome. Um, all right, yeah. folks. Well, I think that's going to do it for this week's episode of Journey into Wrestling. I just want to say you guys can check us out on journeyintocomics.com. Get us on all the different pod podcasting platforms. That's Apple Music, Amazon Music, Podbean, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, iHeartRadio, CastBox, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, YouTube, and many others. Just search Journey into Comics Network. Get our amazing show on all those different feeds, as well as get us on Facebook where you will be seeing this live show as soon as it's edited and ready to rock and roll. Uh, might be a couple days before, after the audio airs, mainly because I'm trying to figure out the 
uh, the intro side of things. But other than that, I think uh, that's going to do it, folks. I want to thank you guys so much for checking out this week's episode of Journey into Wrestling. One more time just to make sure Buckles, anything else we want to throw at them before we get out of here? I think... I think that's a. I think that's about does it. Just uh, have a good Thanksgiving, everybody. Stay safe. Yeah. Stay home. Wear your mask. Enjoy your turkey. Sleep. <laughs> your comedy Drew Gulacker. Yeah. Watch uh, watch two of the three football games because the other one got moved due to COVID. Yay. I didn't hear that yet. We'll talk about that off air. But yep. anyways, yep. folks, I think that is officially going to do it for this week's episode of Journey into Wrestling. That's Season 5, Episode 7, Don't Injure Your Baby Face. I've been (laughs) Nate. Uncle's live and in color. And we will see you guys next time. Later.